Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 148, and in honor and respect of Buffalo Bills cornerback, we are naming this sode the DeMar Hamlin of sodes for obvious reasons. We do not want to make light of what's going on. We don't uh, look, we make light of just about everything. Anything and everything is fair game to us. And I think those tuppers that listen to us every single week, you guys get that. And that's one of the things that drive you to this show. It's one of the things that drive us to keep doing this show, but there are some things that happen in this world that you just can't make light of. And what we saw Monday night in the bills Bengals game was one of the scariest things I think for all of us, whether you're a football fan or not, it's just a very humanizing moment. And as we record this at three o'clock in the afternoon on Tuesday, he is still in critical condition. We have not heard any new updates and we are Jack and I both are literally, we are hoping and we are praying for the best. Um, All of our thoughts go, go his way. We're lifting up this entire episode in honor of him. And, um, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there that have kind of seized production uh, in the content world no matter where it may be. And, and I don't hold that against them. I completely understand it. Jack and I felt necessary that since the NFL has come out and said all games week 18 will be played as normal, even though the Bengals and bills game will not be played, will not resume this week that we felt the need to go ahead with our show and to give you an episode um, breaking down um titans jaguars as best as we can as it is coming up this saturday but it's not again we do not want to any any jokes or 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 laughter or fun that we have in this so we we don't want it to be lost in the seriousness of the situation with damar and we want everyone uh listening to know that our thoughts are with him and 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 everything Everything we do in this show is is just lifted up to him and dedicated to him, and and we hope uh, we hope for a recovery. We hope for a speedy recovery, and we just uh, we our 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 prayers go out to him, his family, and the the Buffalo Bills because this is it's a scary situation, and it's unlike anything we've ever seen in the history of the NFL, and um. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words. Now. I I thought that was very well said, though. Um, it's really scary situation. You know, you never think that anything like that could happen on a football field, and then it does on Monday Night Football, the biggest stage, the biggest game of the year. And you know, football does seem secondary at the moment. It's we're we're all kind of waiting with bated breath on the next update from Hamlin. Um, and you know, as of three o'clock in the afternoon Central Time. We don't really have much. Um, so obviously, you know, DeMar Hamlin in, in, in that situation and 
that's at the that's at the front of our minds. And uh, I know that it's going to be hard to talk football because football, you know, doesn't even like the games don't matter, right? Oh now. yeah, right. But you know, at the it, there's also games that will be played this weekend. The Titans are in a big one. Um, we're we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do our best to talk about that game. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun, hopefully, on the back end of this. We got Buck Rising on, mm-hmm. and uh, but but it, it can't be lost that you know Demar Hamlin is absolutely on our minds and will be until we really hear, you know, the next update and even past that because there, there's gonna be a long road. A long recovery road if you you know hopefully he pulls through here so uh still thinking about demar hamlin and uh definitely in our thoughts and prayers moments like these really really do shine perspective on on human lives and while we are football fans and titans fans uh like to the nth degree these type of moments really do put into perspective where everything stands and our our football fandom, our Titans fandom, everything takes a back seat when moments like these uh, arise. So, again, I cannot stress it enough just how much we are praying. I mean, I legitimately, I I I, I prayed last night. I continue to pray this morning um, for Demar, and it's um, it, it's just it's it's a it's a sad, it's a really sad and scary situation. But we are. We're hoping for the best. We're hoping for miracles to be done for those doctors that are working on Demar to um, really be be shown um, the 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 path to recovery. And um, yeah, so just want to lift him up. Um, so Jack, you know what? Let's just uh, yeah, as you said, as Jack said, we got Buck coming up. Um, we're going to talk Titans Jags and. Um, Let's just let's first get a word from our friends uh, at Relax the Back. Yes, let's talk about Relax the Back because that's a team that sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better. If you're like me and you struggle with insomnia and posture issues, this is the place for you. They've got a deal going on right now where you can save hundreds and hundreds of dollars by January 5th. So take advantage. When you hear this on Wednesday, go check them out online. They've got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses. They've got a zero-gravity chair. They've got a recliners, all seriously marked down. You can take advantage of great deals online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. They're located 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's right across the road from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. It's over right next to Hillsborough High School for you Nashvillians. So when you go in and you see CEO Glenn Word, Make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titans. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm sucking what is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is January 4th, 2022, and I was going to start this sewed off by saying this is the last sewed of the regular season, but Jack, it's playoff time, baby. <laughs> the, the playoffs come a week earlier for the Titans, 
than anyone else. And maybe that's where the six-game losing streak came from. The Titans got bored leading the division and said, you know what? No, we want to start. Screw these 18-week schedules. We want to start the playoffs a week earlier, just like we used to. Because if you think about it, back when they had 17-week seasons, the Titans went to the AFC title game. So uh, it 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 maybe that's their, their ploy this year. But regardless, whatever it may be, the Titans are going on the road for the first round of the playoffs this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jack, who said this team wasn't going to make the playoffs? Who, who was the idiot on this podcast that declared this team dead December 13th? Because uh, they're probably eating their words now, huh? Yeah, nope. that guy that guy must be in trouble. Um, the Jags have the better team right now. They're the hotter team. They've got the more talented roster. The Titans are banged up. It's Everything is going against the Titans this week, um, especially with the game being in Jacksonville. So I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel good in these win and end situations. And I especially don't with the roster that Tennessee's throwing out there. I mean, the, the entire offensive line is down. The quarterback is down. Half the defense is down. Like, but this is at the same time, this is where Mike Vrabel pulls something out of his ass. On extra rest, Vrabel crushes. He doesn't lose with extra rest. I, it's something's got to give this weekend. This week's game has all the feels of being nominated to homecoming court. And then literally everyone else who was nominated with you, they move, they move cities. Their parents get relocated with their jobs, and you're the only one left on homecoming court, uh, still nominated. That lives at that still attends the school. <laughs> That's what it feels like because it's like even if the Titans win this game, it's like AFC South champs. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like we'll all remember that 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 skid mark, that six game skid mark, the in their trousers right before uh, winning it, but. I think at the end of the day, I know there's some there's a small corner of Titans fans that are like, give me the draft pick. They should lose and just let's get a top 10 pick. Austin, I have found myself thinking that. Don't, don't, Jack, 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 don't. Jack, don't. Jack, well, don't. Yeah, okay, but here, let me explain. I've got to explain myself here because I'm a Titans fan through and through. I only want to see them succeed. Except for this weekend, what that like no, that doesn't no, make no, sense. No, no, you can't, no. Listen, listen, you can't, listen. You listen. can't start by saying I only want to see them succeed, but I want them to lose this weekend. That doesn't. <laughs> that, that, that you're going against. I'm saying I see why. I, I see why the tit- some Titans fans want that pick. I, I oh see really? Why, I see why. Oh yeah, because oh that's right. Because the Titans have drafted so well in in the last you know ten years. But here's the other side of that coin. If the Titans lose, the Titans are are unanimous kings of the AFC South, and they have been for the last few years. If you lose, you give up that power, you give up that mental edge where, you know, the Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars all look on look at the schedule and say, damn, we got Tennessee that week. We got to go to Tennessee. Right, right. You kind of lose that. The Jaguars are kind of inching, kind of nudging the Titans out of that, that throne. It's like, did you watch House of Dragon? I did not. Okay, so it's a Game of Thrones prequel. And for those that watched it, I hope there are enough here that will understand this reference. I mean, there are. I'm 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 the guy who did not watch Game of Thrones or House of Dragon. So That's you're okay. you're 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 good making a, a reference to House of Dragon on this pod. So for those that understand what I'm talking about here, it's like before the character switch in House of Dragons, where Viserys was you know the healthy, powerful king, 
and then they fast forward 20 years and he's got like leprosy and his hair's fallen out and he's got like vision in one eye. That, that's kind of how the Titans are at this point in the season. They're battered, they're bruised, and uh, you know their their death is just a matter of time. It, it's like if the Titans lose this or if the Titans win this week and make it to the playoffs, they're really just living to die another day. That being said, Titans have made the playoffs what four out of the last five years. They they've had a winning record for six years. Obviously, that's going to come to an end um, this season. But I, ironic that in every year John Robinson was this team's general manager, they had a winning <laughs> record. And he the year it. he gets he the year it. he gets canned, the year he gets canned is the year they break that streak. It's kind of it's a little embarrassing to be honest with you. I'm a little frustrated, obviously at the as every Titans fan is with the current state of this team, but I I I don't know, Jack. I feel like John Robinson built it, but he also tore it down. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's like he, it, it's like you know, you you build a great hotel. You build a great hotel but you build it a little close to the the ocean down in Florida and a big hurricane comes and it's gone. It's like, okay, it was a great hotel while it was up, but there was always that worry that, you know, if you miss here, you miss there, you sign this guy, it all comes crashing down because there isn't enough star power. And they lost AJ Brown. That was kind of the first tidal wave that hit them. And they made the, you know, the Robert Woods, Bud Dupree signings, lost money didn't replace Lawan on the offensive line when they had multiple chances to during the regular season. It was just wave after wave kept hitting that hotel and it ended up crumbling and you, you got to find a new guy to build the next one. Quick sidebar, Jack, which do you feel like is the more detrimental moment for the Tennessee Titans? The divisional round playoff loss to the Bengals or the trading away of AJ Brown. Trading away of AJ Brown. Trading I think so. Like that, like it's not even a question, right? Like that's the way I no, feel as well. It's not because even though Tannehill threw all those interceptions in that game, the Titans still should have probably won yes. that game. And and like and like bad playoff losses happen to every team. The number of yeah. one seeds that have have fallen in the playoffs in the first game, even like after the bye, like. That is not you Titan situation. Though. It it hurts because it's the first time we had been in that situation in over a decade. But it doesn't hurt as bad knowing, oh, this happens to other teams. So, the AJ Brown trade, I feel like, was the beginning of the end. That was the first crack in this uh well, in we this said foundation. That, we said that the Titans Super Bowl window is shut, but it's not locked. Like coming off that loss, Titans are the one seat throughout the regular season playing with you know, a really undermanned roster. They ended up losing to the Bengals, obviously. And then you start wondering what's going to happen at quarterback. How's Tannehill going to come back? How's this going to affect him? But when you signed Robert Woods initially, you had A.J. Brown as your one, Robert Woods as your two, NWI, and probably a draft pick coming in to be number three. Yeah. The window was still open. Granted, you know, they were on their last leg. But yeah. when, when you got rid of A.J. Brown, that shut everything down. Titans yeah. can't overcome would... losing a player like that. Right, right. The window shut just a little bit, but it wasn't, it was still open. That breeze was still coming in. And it was like, oh man, it's cold in here. Uh, all right, Jack, bef uh, before we move on, I do want to update uh, what has become a fan favorite segment on this podcast. And I say that with my tongue firmly planted in cheek, but it's time for another round of Titans offensive output this year. Are you ready? Here we go. You can count along with me at home, folks. 20. 
7, 24, 24, 21, 19, 17, 17, 17, 27, 16, 10, 22, 14, 14, 13. Folks, we are going backwards. But that all could change. That all could change on Saturday. And I I keep in mind the when I say could, that is in all caps when I say could. Uh, it, it could change because Jack, we've got a we've got a uh, new QB one in our ranks. We've got uh, in J Dob. We trust Titans fans. Jo- uh, Josh Dobbs, the aerospace engineer from the University of Tennessee, is the Titans' new face of the franchise. And <laughs> oh my god. It, it Josh is. Dobbs is not the face of the franchise. He's the no, he is. Of the franchise. Yeah. Well, look, just give him, give him. Give, if he wins the AFC South, new face of the franchise, dude. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about. It. We'll, we'll have the discussion. But I, look, no, no, but but I will say this. I will say this. If he wins the Titans, the AFC South this year, and the Titans, let's say, let's say the Titans re-sign Ryan Tannehill. I think. I mean, Josh Jobs is the QB two going into next year. I don't see I, I I don't see why not. And I if he thinking, wins them the AFC South, heck, I would say damn near put his image on the side of the stadium. It's, because we know those only last like a year or two before they yeah. have to tear them down anyway. But yeah, that's true. But when we had uh, Uncle Jim on last week, he said that you know the plan for Malik Willis was really more geared towards 2024. I mean, that's that's bypassing his second season in the NFL next year as well. So but by bringing in Malik Willis with the third or the the third round pick that they had this season, you wanted to upgrade at the backup quarterback position at bare minimum. And finding the QB of the future was, you know, a long shot. But it's, you know, they were they 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 threw that dart at the dartboard, right? It was it was a shot in the dark. Doesn't seem to be working out. You also downgraded at the backup quarterback position. So, does Malik Willis give you the best chance to win? Next season as QB two, well, if it's between him and Dobbs, no, Dobbs. Yeah. On, uh, it was he, he was he was with the team for nine days. He came in, played a hell of a ball game, made two bad mistakes. Other than uh, other than that fumble at the goal line and that bad pick, which are two huge mistakes. I understand you can't evaluate his performance without mentioning those mistakes. I'm not trying to say, oh, he had a great game. He just made two bad plays, but. He was a lot closer to playing a really good game than Malik Willis has been. You know, take well, and, a plays and, here and, and there. Malik Willis wasn't a couple plays away. Malik Willis I, was I, probably 15 plays away from playing a solid game at quarterback. I think you just look at the personnel, though, too. I mean, like if he if, if Josh Jobs played as solid as he did against the Cowboys, which is a very, very good defense, mind you, he played as solid as he did with just about every starter out what 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 it's what seemed like you know like most of the offensive line was out obviously i mean they've been out for most of the season but derrick henry's not in your backfield like yeah i'd say he did pretty well without the threat of 22 standing behind him you know it's bad when aaron brewer walks to midfield for the coin toss as one of the team captains <laughs> that that's that's when you know like okay we're running out of dudes Man, I wanted to walk to a brewery, if you know what I'm saying. My goodness. 
Okay. Hey, give me give me two pints over here. Uh sir, is there anyone you're is joining you tonight? No, just me, please. Um <laughs> but like Dobbs does open it up, right? Like Malik yeah. Willis, you know he can't pass, you know he doesn't want to pass, you know the Titans don't want well, him to pass. So you can and, stuff the box, you know, and play the run. I like Josh Dobbs a lot. Does he make the Titans a threat? No, he doesn't. Like, let's be real. But he makes them more of a threat than with Malik Willis at quarterback. And Josh Dobbs, to me, the thing I love about him and the, and the I think the the reason I think there's so much potential there is because of how smart he is. We know he's so insanely intelligent. And to me, he is like, let's do a ball comparison, a quarterback comparison, okay? To me, he's he's not as smart, maybe, or at least like in terms of football, but he's I think he has as high of an IQ, if not higher, than Peyton Manning. Well the the the, the difference is Peyton Manning's got the talent on the field. Peyton Manning's a better quarterback. Well, see, he's got yeah. a better arm. I think the intelligence uh, is there. However, I think when it comes to his talent and his on the field play, he's probably closer to a Jonathan Crompton, you know, like maybe a uh, but sure, sure. But I look. He's he's smarter, but he's book smart, right? But sure, he, he, sure. Knows, he knows how to pick up an offense. But, I'm but not comparing him to Peyton Manning. But book smarts help you in sports. Book like being intelligent, having a high IQ helps you with your football IQ. Learning quickly, obviously. Yes. I mean, that's kind of why we wanted Josh Dobbs last week. It's because you know he is so smart and he's been around the league and he knows how to run an offense. And the thing about him and the thing about the Titans' offense as well is. Making mistakes pretty much kills this team. You, you got to play a near flawless game when it comes to turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. And having a like a, a journeyman backup quarterback who has been, you know, one mistake in practice away from being cut for like the last four seasons, I think that that helps. His mindset is geared towards, hey, let's make the safe throw. Let's let's make our layups. Let's let's dink and dunk our way down the field. Let's not try and do too much. He had a nice deep ball he threw. To Racy McMath in that game, he, it, like there's just more there. There's more you can do with him, and you, you just can't have the Jags playing the run and having success because there's no threat down the field or there's no threat in the passing game. I like how he used Racy McMath. I like how he targeted Traylon Burks nine times. I like how he targeted Robert Woods eight, even though Robert Woods showed that he probably shouldn't be targeted eight times in that game. But he got those guys involved. He fed Shig a little bit. I think Shig had three catches. He, he's getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers in space. Malik Willis couldn't do that. Malik, Malik Willis just turned around and gave the ball to Henry and kind of just cheated him on as he picked up three yards in a cloud of dust. And, but when the when the Jags and the Titans first met this season, the Titans got on him early. They were up 14-7. Chig had a big play. Derrick Henry had a big play. Um, you know, and Derrick Henry had a big apart. first a big first quarter. Big first quarter, yards 96 in the first yards, quarter. and he finished with 121 yards. Like yeah. they, they were able to say, you know what? All right, we're gonna we're gonna handle that. We're gonna try and make Tannehill beat him. And Tannehill, you know, he had an okay game, but at the end of the day, the Titans coughed the ball up I, a million times. Like well, you, you do that again, and you don't have a chance, especially with Dobbs back there. I mean, the, the Titans can't walk away with four turnovers. No, and even expect to lose by 14 like they did in this first matchup. I uh, that's kind of the thing that gives me hope for the weekend. Like it, I'm I'm grasping to this hope, but the the fact that Derek ran so well 
in the first quarter against the Jags. And not even just in the first quarter. He ran well the whole game. They just, for whatever reason, went away. They stopped running him. They stopped running yeah, Derrick Henry. Part of that was because, you know, the turnovers – uh, affected the game script, and now the Titans were having to play from behind. And that goes and that goes that that goes back to uh, the conversation we had earlier this season about uh, how I I believe that Todd Downing just kind of overthinks things, and um, w- whereas Arthur Smith, there there was a, a drive earlier this year with the Falcons, they ran the ball ten straight plays and scored on the drive because on all ten plays averaged over five yards per carry. And they knew that the defense could not stop what they were literally running their way. So like Arthur Smith said, okay, if they can't stop this, I'm just going to keep doing it. Todd Downing, I feel like has this something stuck in his brain that he thinks, well, I have to mix it up. I have to go 50, 50. I have to do have a balanced attack. But let me ask you this. How did you feel about his game plan and really his play calling against the Cowboys? Because, <laughs> To be honest with you, I know they didn't score yes. the points, but they moved. No. Them. I no, thought you're was, right. I thought it was one of his best games that he's called all season. Todd Downing on Thursday nights, for whatever reason, calls the best games because his last best game, Green Bay Packers night. The True. night, well, the night that that he had a little too much fun, if you know what I'm saying. Like well, maybe he, maybe it helps that this Jags game's on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. I think that the more Ooh, time, you're saying you're just saying non Sunday games, he's I'm, great. I'm, well, I'm saying the more time, the non Sunday or Monday, non Sunday or Monday, because they only yeah, put up seven Sunday points against the Bills. Yeah, but I'm saying the more time that Todd Downing has to think and overthink <laughs> and second guess himself. Oh, I always like this comes take. back to bite him. Oh, so I love this take. Less days and less time to think about how he's going to blow the game helps him just kind of stick to the script. He doesn't get to. You know, he doesn't get to you know, the extra couple days to draw up Malik Willis reverses or anything crazy like that. It's now it's giving him a a short week helps. So he doesn't shoot himself in the foot and overthink everything. I, I, and here we are, we are, we're giving him praise for calling a good game, which he did. He, he called a good game, but at the end of the day, they only, they still only put up 13 points. They, they yeah, but they fumbled on the one points. yard line. I mean, they they moved. The it was ball. their it was their second lowest scoring output of the season, and or no, no, sorry, was it second lowest? Let me go back to my uh, yeah, w- no, sorry, <laughs> third yeah, lowest. It, it, Gosh, it was the second this lowest. season. This season, <laughs> it was the second it lowest. Is, but you have to you have to put context around. No, th- third lowest because they scored oh. ten points. They scored ten points. Um. They've this, they've scored seven and ten points in games. So thirteenth is thirteen points is their third lowest score. This has been a miserable season. I mean, I've, they they put up three hundred and seventeen yards to the Cowboys three hundred and sixty one. And I know the Cowboys weren't playing well on offense either. But by the way, Kevin Byard owns Dallas. Kevin Byard for the one starter that actually said, "Yeah, I'm playing." Um, that well done, dude. That I love. You knew Kevin he was going to play too. He leads by well. He he says I, all the right things. I love that dude. And you know what? If it came down to it, like if he needed to take a pay cut, I think he would be first in line to take a pay cut uh, to, to, you know, help the team. Like the, the, Kevin Byer is just a consummate pro and I freaking love him. And I'm so glad that he's a Titan and I hope he's a Titan. Till the day he's, he's like, I understand the pay cut thing. And I, I think he's actually done it before, or at least, you know, backloaded his contract where he has to wait for that money to come in. But you don't get paid a ton at the safety position anyway. So like, no, no, no. I, and I'm not just, saying, I'm not saying he should like having I'm, enough money yeah. to bring like Kindle lamb, in. <laughs> which, which didn't wasn't, 
Is that why? Did you hear all the drama this week about the uh, Sal from Jersey? I almost called him Jal from Jersey. Uh, Sal from Jersey. Did you hear about this? The Titans fan. Yeah, I, I know about. We, Sal I think, from Jersey. I think he's very loud on Twitter, I, and we've we've talked. We, we've had him. I was gonna say, didn't we have him? We had him on the on uh, Titan Up trivia. Trivia. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So he's a good guy. On I mean, he's, he's a nice man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, His I mean, I crazy. Oh, his takes are astronomically absurd. Uh, yes, <laughs> but I, but yeah, I've, I, we had good interaction with him on Titan Up Trivia back yeah, in the day. And, um, but yeah, the Titans blocking him. That was a weird side story. And I think the, the only reason it got as, as much legs as it did, PK tweeted about it. Paul Garski tweeted about it. And we all know. Paul's gripes with the Titans as a franchise and stuff. So I'm sure it was like a little personal vendetta there just to kind of stick it at the Titans um, with, with, you know, how they run things. But like, it's so funny though, that, that Paul kind of gate keeps fans from having like serious opinions or like, uh, yeah. you know, he's like, Oh, well he, he just always, he said something oh, he, before the season started. N- no one will chime themselves into a conversation faster than Paul Koharski. But it's like, uh, I understand he, like having a positive bias, like, you know, a fan bias and that kind of interfering with your job to report. But it, it almost feels like Paul's the opposite where he's like so anti this organization because of how much they've wronged them and how much Titans radio and one Oh four five, I guess kind of kicked them, you know, to the curb, but or I guess he left on his own terms. I really don't know yeah. too much about that situation. Yeah, but, it was the, it was the, I think it was the latter for the most part. But it does it does feel like um, he he's kind of more pessimistic towards the Titans in situations that, that don't necessarily call for it. Like oh, I, he'll t- he'll take the he'll take the veiled shots with uh, any chance he can get. And I, I don't know what the backstory is there or why he has that kind of vendetta, but. Like things like that, like he gave legs to a kind of a non-story of Sal from Jersey getting blocked on Twitter and then getting unblocked eventually. They um, should have blocked fans on Twitter. They no, they shouldn't. I don't know why they did. They they apparently they a rep reached out to him and said it was all a joke, but it was a very weird, totally weird thing. And I went way too deep into the mentions. I was reading so much of like on Twitter, like like what the heck happened here? What's going on? Uh, but the reason I reason I said that is because. He believes Sal from Jersey believes that the Titans blocked him because he, I think he was vocal about Kevin Byard needing to get a pay cut or something like that. I don't know. He's vocal but about everything. It's that's problem. that's where I was going with that whole thing. Sorry for the in- incredibly long no, that, sidebar. That is interesting. But back to the Jaguars. Yes. Well, and so so uh, Josh Jobs. I I'm I I'm not very confident in this game. But one I'm more ten. confident. One to oh. ten. How confident are you? They like to play this game on the See. morning show. Oh, okay. One to ten. Level? What's my confidence level for the Titans winning? I'm going to say an 11. The same number Josh Dobbs wears. I like uh, that. That's number one. No, wouldn't that be? History. Oh, man. How would this? Okay. If you're if you're a writer or if you're a uh, a blogger such as myself, um, how poetic would it be? If the freaking Titans. <laughs> I, know what you, I know where you're going trade away their number 11 and for a good chunk of the season looking like that trade did away with their playoff hopes yeah but then in the 11th hour or should i say the 18th hour or i guess i could say the 11th hour another number 11 steps in and leads the team 
to freaking the the playoffs. Which I and again, if you're if you're like, yo, so what? They're just gonna lose next week. Screw you. Our expectations, we have said it from the get-go, okay? Jack and I started this season. Yeah, they're going 17-0. I mean, we do that every season, but we we said it. And then uh, and then and then midway through the season, we're like, okay, maybe AFC championship. That would be okay. Uh, and then uh, then we're like, uh, okay, now it, just win a playoff game. Just win a playoff game. And now it's like, just get to the playoffs. The expectations <laughs> level, it can change, okay? I know that is so people... crazy that it's changed that much. Granted, the 17 and 0 and sure. the championship game were far fetched, obviously. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but like, yeah, a lot of people like to freezing cold take, like guys like Colin Cowherd. Guys, information changes, okay? Your opinion and the, the expectation level can change throughout a season. And for the Titans, it has. So, with that said, if Josh Jobs can get this team to the playoffs, to me, that is success uh, in a season that has had very little in a season that has been, I thought, I thought success was taking the chiefs to overtime with Malik Willis starting at quarterback. Absolutely. Should have won that, that game was for a bad call in the end zone. Now that was back when the Titans fell to what? Seven and three or six and three. I now after a team watching a team that go from seven and three to seven and and what nine or or I guess now they're seven and eight. No, seven and nine. Damn it. Good night. Uh, Seven and I know seven and nine. I am now I'm like, look, just get to the playoffs. And I, I think that is that is a win. That is something that we can grab onto and use as momentum going into next season and into the offseason. Interestingly enough, and I know Vols fans are always happy to see a Vol um, wear the two-tone blue, even though most other Titans fans aren't with just how things have and, turned out over the past. And you know what? Honestly, you know me. I, I don't like the Vols very much. Uh, oh, I hate know. the Vols. I know I mean, you I'll, do. I We I'll know you do, Jack. Jack, everyone but knows where I you stand I love Josh Dobbs. I love Josh Dobbs right now. But I, where I was going, like what I'm saying is like I'm not, I don't like the Vols. But I like to see former Vols as Titans. And this is why I say this. And I think it's because, like, growing up, I was so skewed. I was so angry when Peyton Manning was drafted by the Colts. And so many Vols fans Became adopted, fans. adopted an NFL team. And this, granted, it, he was brought in as a Colt the year before the Titans started. They were the Tennessee Oilers the year he, uh, Peyton Manning was drafted. So I, I I get it to an extent, but but what frustrates me is that they they kept that Colts allegiance, and I was always bitter towards that. So when a a Vol fan can join the Titans, and Vol fans are very passionate fans, they're probably the arguably the most passionate fan base in in college to a football. To a fault, to a fault, to a fault. Sometimes, sure, yes, yes, but they are passionate. I want that passion with the Titans fan base, and the Titans fan base doesn't have that. So the more very casual, can, it feels very casual, doesn't it? It's a very casual and it's like, oh, it's going to be five degrees at the game. I'm going to sell my tickets or, oh, uh, Thursday well, okay, night football okay, game doesn't mean there. anything. So I'm not going to go, you know, I like, hear you there. But like, meanwhile, in Green Bay, it's freaking cold every week and they've got a waiting list for their season tickets in Kansas City. They win yeah, they've every got, year. Sure. I and I get that. But and the Titans need to get to that point. But still, you don't get part of. Part of like them winning every year is because their their fans show up and they have well, a home field advantage every single base, year. The true test of the fan base is going to come when that new stadium pops up. Are they going to are the Titans fans going to let people walk in that stadium that has a roof 
that's going to have ideal temperatures. I mean, it's an ideal yeah. place to watch a game for a fan. Or are they going to let the other team come in just because Nashville is a destination city and sell their tickets to these guys? Look, Josh Dobbs has a chance to win one of the most memorable games, I think, in recent history, if not team history this week. Josh Dobbs has a chance to, to plant himself in you know, a unique spot in Titans history because of how many people are counting out the Titans. Like We're going to talk about yeah. Ben and here in a second before we get to Buck, but the Titans are six-and-a-half-point underdogs this week. They Six-and-a-half points in the NFL – that's a shit ton of points, especially right. for a team that's you know won the division what the last two or three seasons. They they've had a winning record for the last six. They made the playoffs four or five times in that in that span. So it's 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 going to be a, an upset win with a quarterback that's been with the team for just over two weeks. If Josh Dobbs wins this game, this is a game that people will be talking about for a very long time. Oh. And every time a win and end situation happens, we're going to look back on this game and what Josh Dobbs is hopefully able to do on Saturday night. It's Josh Dobbs is in a great position and I think he's even killed enough for it. I don't think the pressure is going to get to him. I, I don't think it's too big of a moment for Dobbs. This is kind of, you know, I mean, it's, it's not just him saying, look, Titans, like I could be the answer here at, at least as a backup for next season. He's trying out for all 32 teams this weekend. And I think he knows that. And I think he's, you know, been around the league enough to handle it. Granted, his snaps in the NFL haven't been very high. Hadn't thrown the ball a whole bunch of times um, in his career in regular season games. But this has a chance to be a game that Titans fans talk about. And I understand that the expectations aren't what they were at one point in the season when you were seven and three. But Titans fans will talk about this game for years and years to come if Dobbs is able to lead this team to a win. He will become, I mean, you want to talk about remember the Titan, dude? Like, Josh Dobbs becomes, be I mean, he's, he, he's, he's already a great remember the Titan just for playing a Thursday night game, but he will be, yeah, you're right. He will be in Titans it's, folklore history. It's like, a, like, it's it, like a pinch hitter in the playoffs comes in, doesn't, you know, only gets like a couple at bats doubles in one hits a Homer in the eighth and the other. It's like that guy will always be remembered. Yeah. What he did in clutch moments like this. is Oh, da David, David freeze never has to buy a beer in exactly. St. Louis for the rest of time. And David, David freeze was, was a fine player in St. Louis in his career, but it was those, it was that home run in game six and his triple in game six that really cemented him for in the same way that we talk about Algie crumplers fumble on the five yard line and Blaine Gabbert against Andrew Luck. Like you are cemented in Titans history for the good and for the bad. We've had more bad than good for the Titans. And if he can somehow win this game and win us a division title in a year where we have no business winning a division title, my goodness, dude, I, I, Jack, I'll say this. Okay. I love Josh Dobbs. I do. I have a tremendous respect for him. I know I kind of I, gave him the Jonathan. I gave him the Jonathan Crompton comparison earlier, and I I I think that maybe should have been a Casey Clawson comparison. But I I feel weird because I trust Josh Dobbs. I do too. I do too. I like Josh Dobbs. I have, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. I love watching every single one of his interviews. He gives kind of canned answers, but I for whatever reason I like watching his canned answers more than other people's canned answers. They're new canned but, answers. And maybe that's it, but <laughs> I just like watching him just be like, just say cliche after cliche 
and you know it's just another opportunity for us and you know i, I think it's uh it, it's tremendous and and I, I appreciate the guys for welcoming me in and with open arms and 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 really just uh, allowing me to kind of show them what i see from the quarterback position and you know it's just like it's just like you don't get anything from it but i just love watching it for whatever reason because i love josh jobs jack with that said if josh jobs can lead the Tennessee Titans. And this is extremely far-fetched. The odds of this happening, not very good. But if Josh Jobs can lead the Tennessee Titans to an AFC championship. Wow. Not, not a championship title. Just go to the AFC championship game. Like 2019, like Ryan Tannehill did as a backup quarterback, mind you. I am going to shave my eyebrows. Oh my god. And look, this is not coming from a place of of disrespect at all. I know I understand that Josh Dobbs has uh alopecia. This is coming from a pure respect place. This is coming from a place of you know solidarity. I- imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I want to be like Josh Dobbs if he if he leads this team on and on it would have to be an incredible run. Incredible things would have to happen. Todd Downing would have to call every game like it was a Thursday night game. It would, it would like so many things have to fall into place. And I know it's not entirely on Josh Jobs, but he will be remembered for it as the quarterback. So if he can somehow lead this team to an AFC championship appearance, I'm going to shave my eyebrows and to basically say, Josh Dobbs is my guy. I respect the hell out of him. And I want to be like him. An eyebrows bet, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Look, if Rabel can say I'm going to chop off my dick for a Super Bowl, I'll say I'm going to shave off probably one of the more predominant features on my face because I well, it helps that you have a job on you know your day job is on that, that that does help too. And I honestly did not run this by my wife at all, but that's why, which is one of the reasons why I said AFC Championship and not like divisional I, round or anything like in. that. But I, I'm not. Are you my, in? I'm not going to let my partner stand on an island here. Let's I'm go. In. Let's go. Okay. And look, again, I don't want anyone to think, oh, dude, you guys are making light of his alopecia. I'm not making light of anything. I want that to be known for we are, yeah, first and foremost. After the Willis Smith thing. I, I'm just sh- saying, like, I want to I want to be like Josh Dobbs, and I want to I want to respect him. And I think the best way to do so is to become him, basically. <laughs> you know, like I want I want to. I want to I want to show my appreciation for him without having to say anything if that makes sense. If Josh Dobbs can throw, the eyebrows must go. There it is, folks. That's what we're living by. In J Dob we trust. Last okay? thing, last thing on Dobbs, he's playing with house money in me because he is. even if he even if he stinks it up those two picks loses the game, it's like, "Ah, oh, well, what do you expect from a guy that they brought off the street 2 weeks ago?" Like there, there is no reason for Titans fans to dislike Dobbs, no matter what happens in this game. The I mean, and this is coming Josh from the do this is, is help himself here. This is coming from the biggest balls hater in, on planet Earth. So if Jeff Jack's saying this, then you as Titans fans can't hate Josh Dobbs. Like nothing, you just Dobbs can't. nothing Dobbs can do will make me think negatively of him in this game. I mean, and I don't want I don't want our praise of Josh Dobbs to uh, make it seem like we are um, coming down on Malik Willis at all, or like we are showing any disrespect Malik Willis as well. No, but I, I've moved on mentally from Malik Willis. This this is just experience. 
This is just a, the difference between having a rookie quarterback being thrown to the wolves of the NFL versus a guy with six years experience. And that's not that's like that's not a guy of six years playing experience. That's just six years in the league uh, on practice squads and and backup roles. The amount that he was a, like he's able to learn through practices through six years working under Ben Roethlisberger, one of the NFL's greats. Like I I am I'm just a lot more confident having Josh Dobbs under center and a healthy Derrick Henry in the backfield. And with, you know, I think Robert <laughs> Wood. abysmal O-line in front of and him. <laughs> a, and yeah, an abysmal O-line and a couple of guys on the outside who's, you know. You got Dr. Gibby probably... playing linebacker. I love Dr. Gibby, dude. Dr. Big, I... Dr. Gibby could be a Peter Jack, Sermon. Jack Gibbon, Peter Sermon, dude. Freaking Lawrence Taylor, maybe. <laughs> that dude came out of nowhere and was just like, I'm Jack Gibbons, and I'm about to kick some ass. And you're getting you know? tackled, and it's going yeah. to be in the backfield. Gibbons rocks. I love Jack Gibbons. I love Dr. Gibby. It's a, it's like a funny, dorky name, but it's perfect for like a UDFA rookie. He's everywhere on the field. I don't get it. It, it is like he's he's like that butler and Mr. Deeds. You know, it's just every time you turn around, he's like right there. And you're like, what the hell is going on? I am very, very sneaky, sir. Uh Last thing I'll say before we get to, uh, well, actually, the last two things I'll say before we get to uh, BetMGM and uh, Buck. Uh, real quick, NPF sat out from practice today on Tuesday. Now, that could change things, but that's not the offensive lineman that we want missing practice. Um, no, that's not great. He was the only player. I, everyone else was at practice, so that's a good thing. But uh, Nicholas petit Friere is you don't want him missing practice. That's something to watch for the rest of the, the, the week. Um, if Freer can't go, I, I mean, the, the Titans offensive line is going to have five guys on on the on the O-line that start that didn't start for them last year. They're, yeah. they're going to run Dennis Daly out at left tackle, Aaron Brewer at left guard, Corey Levin at center, Jordan Roos. I don't believe he has any relation to Michael Roos, although I hope he does. And then if NPF can't go, LaRaven Clark fills in at right tackle. Oh my gosh. That's Brutal. so LaRaven. Um, it That's is um yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling good about the offensive um uh offensive line, but you know, with an offensive coordinator as good as the Titans have, that, that he'll be able to scheme around that and yeah, and mask absolutely. mask their inefficiencies. Uh or sorry, excuse me, their deficiencies. He'll be able to mask that well as he has. Yeah, all season if there's long. one person that covers up a mistake and doesn't let one mistake turn into two, it's definitely Todd Downing. Right. In 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 Todd, we trust. Right. Isn't that what we've been saying all season? Yeah, long? absolutely. Uh. Oh no! Wait. In Todd, uh, we want to um jump off of a roof. Uh. Okay. The uh last thing I'll say is. First of all, thank you to all the Tuppers that tweeted at Jim Wyatt last week. That was unprompted, too. We didn't even put it to, to you guys. But uh, that tweeted at Jay Wy Jim Wyatt for trying to get us the hashtag socks report, as you know, he he brought up on, on this podcast last week. Still haven't heard anything. Um, yeah, I haven't. You know what? I had dinner with him last week, and it, and it was a it was a deal of a late Christmas gifts were exchanged. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I brought it up to not only him, but my cousins and my aunt. I, I appreciate that. 
the the man runs a hard bargain. I'll tell you. I that. look. He's not. He's like one of those guys where like, oh, he'll laugh about it with us to our faces. But I think behind closed doors, he's like, not. A, there's not a chance in hell I'm giving those guys uh, my britches report. I just don't think we have enough to offer him. You know what? So what we need you to do, Tuppers, is to keep pressing them at J Wyatt Sports on Twitter. Just send him a tweet. Hey, where's the Tuppers? Uh, you know, give the hashtag socks report to the Tuppers. The Tuppers need to drop the socks report. Okay. And we need to do this quickly. So as soon as you hear this, do it. Just hop on your phone real quick, tweet at J Wyatt Sports and tell them, hey, get the socks report. Get at Titan Up Pod on Twitter is our account if you want to tag us in it. But just tweet at J Wyatt Sports and tell them, yeah, give the Tup the hashtag socks report so we can hopefully get that done. We are the man who socks. I'm only hoping, look, if we can't get the full britches report, we'll take the socks report. Okay. We'll take anything that he'll throw our way. So just hopefully we can get that done. Tuppers with you guys behind us. We know we can get just about Anything's anything done. Possible. Anything is possible. Famous words from Kevin Garnett, who just so happens to be a spokesman for Bet MGM. Nice. Unprompted segue. Bet MGM. Guys, look, if, if you guys are looking to make some money, in week 18, where there's a lot of weird win and end situations, there's, there's plenty of implications, whether it's draft or playoffs. On the table this week, you can find some soft lines. Do it at BetMGM. And for you new users, plug in this code, A to Z Sports, A-T-O-Z Sports, for a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football. You want to have that account up and through the playoffs. You want to be able to bet on the Super Bowl and all those crazy props that Alan Bell's going to tell us about in a few weeks. It's going to be great. BetMGM is the perfect website to do it. It's the perfect app to use. It's very easy to navigate. They've got everything you can imagine on there. And it's they give you the best chance to win your money. So visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus, Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Problem gambling support? Call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. I know I got the box. Considering this is our first guest of 2023, we figured we would go to a guy who we know and love on this podcast. Well, we we love at least 0.5 stars uh, enough uh, on this podcast where uh, a guy who literally exemplifies the, I guess, the essence of a New Year's resolution, a guy who uh, New Year knew him. It is uh, a guy who you if, if you looked at him on New Year's Eve last year, you wouldn't recognize him today. From 246, I believe, down to what now, 206. It is a completely new buck, and uh, he is joining us now on the podcast as our first guest of 2023, Buck Rising. How are you, sir? I'm so lucky to be the first guest of 2023. How many people turned you down before you before Jack had to text me desperate last night? Seven, <laughs> 17, 17. We uh we even put it like we we put a request out for Eddie George too. Like we like we went big and uh probably just above our skis and and then we we're like, well, let's just get Buck, I guess. You know, he, he shares a podcast feed with us, he'll do it. So <laughs> yeah. Clearly doesn't mind hearing himself talk enough. So let's go, <laughs> go ahead and get going. 
Oh my gosh. Hey, uh, no, it's a pleasure. I feel like, uh, I feel like we don't get to do that much anyway. And I always enjoy uh, hopping on the podcast. So I was happy you guys asked. Well, well, yeah, we appreciate it considering how much you talk in a day. So to, to give us any time of your downtime to talk even more, we do appreciate it. So Buck, you know, I know you've been here before, but we're having some trouble on figuring out how to act right now. We uh, we're coming off our first award. I don't know if you heard about it. The Sobros Network Best mm-hmm. Nashville Sports Podcast Award. You an award winner yourself. Yeah. Oh, uh, was I? Uh, weren't didn't you didn't you get like the uh, maybe it was a nomination for the Nashville scene or something? I felt like you came out with one. I uh, yeah, you know we uh, I think. I think when I first started at A to Z, there was something to that effect, but I, I can't remember if it was the Sobros or seen either way, uh, flattered. Um, and this <laughs> Sobros situation, I do remember because it's a, it's a, is it local sports media that they cover? I guess. Yeah. Well, it's a, uh, you, you know, it's kind of all encapsulating with Nashville. They'll review restaurants, movies, they'll talk Titans, they'll talk Preds. Uh, it's, it's, Kind of a little bit of everything, but um, we we felt special because we came out on top, dominated the F words podcast, dominated Braden Gall's lamestream media. I mean, yeah. Buck, you to be honest with you, I didn't even see six phone five session as nominated. Did you take that to? Uh, <laughs> did you take that personally? Oh yes. Uh, in fact, the thing that keeps me up at night is the point five stars that I see from time to time. Yeah. It is the thing. I boys, I have everything that anybody in our profession could possibly want and yet i do not have a full star it is the thing, <laughs> it is the thing that haunts me uh in my own pot what was my own podcast feed? <laughs> it, it, it completely hijacked. yeah and yeah we to- moved in and, and and literally just started just ripping up the place <laughs> I, every time somebody says something nice about you i'm pretty sure i get an email somewhere so like it's just it's a constant reminder of, of how much, how I've basically blown my own 28 to three lead in this podcast feed. And yes. So congratulations on your award. Well-deserved. Well, we're, we're happy to keep you humble at times. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's all it is, is, uh, you know, we're just, uh, you know, we we're nothing if not trying to just keep you on uh, your both feet grounded. As we know, your, your ship is just skyrocketing. It's taken off to the moon. And so we're just trying to keep you, uh, here amongst the point five stars that you get, so. <laughs> oh, there is uh, there is never a bigger time when I feel like half a star than on the Titan Up podcast. Yeah, we're, we're the we're the gravity to your rocket ship. Hey, um, obviously big game coming up Saturday night. Winning, you're in. Losing, you're in the top ten. So I want to know from you, Buck. And you know what, you everyone I think knows your uh, shady and questionable history as a Indianapolis baby horse fan. Mm. Um, so if you're a Titans fan, put yourself in Titans fan shoes. Mm-hmm. Would you rather get this home playoff game? I know home playoff games don't come around a lot and maybe Titans fans are taking them for granted now, but would you rather have that or pick in the top 10? So, um, there's no question that the financial implications of hosting a home playoff game for your franchise matter infinitely more than a a gamble on a draft pick. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, top 10 picks are are more secure for sure, but like this is a franchise that has had recent top 10 picks. And, you know, in the case of Corey Davis, you can talk about overdrafted and 
the case of uh, Jack Conklin, should you have kept him, all these different things. Like, it's not necessarily a guarantee to long-term benefit your organization unless you're getting a quarter. Um, Don't forget Jake Locker as well. Jake Locker added to that list. Jake Locker was a top 10 pick. How about that shit? So I would say to you that I think that anybody rooting against their favorite football team to go to the playoffs does not have a proper appreciation for what it is to go to the playoffs, particularly if you can win your division for a third straight year. I mean, that's, it would be almost unthinkable. They've lost six in a row. If they pull it out of their asses and go to Jacksonville with Astro Dobbs, who I know Jack has a jersey. By the way, you should wear a Dobbs jersey. <laughs> well, you know, Austin and I were talking about what we'd do if Dobbs let him on a little run. And it yeah. And it may or may not involve um, shaving eyebrows. So Yeah. No, stand in solidarity with <laughs> It's obviously no, it's no disrespect. It's, it's, we know he's got alopecia, but we would be in solidarity with our guy, Josh Dobbs. In J Dobb, we trust. I, I hope the two of you get Will Smithed. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, long story short, go in a playoff game or go try to host one for God's sakes and, and don't just punt on a season because then what have we just all, what have we been doing for the last, eight months of our lives. If not, if you know, the final result is going to be, ah, you could go if you wanted to go, but like a top 10 pick, that sounds better right now. That stinks. Yeah. It, it does. It baffle you at all. Like the fact that Titans fans are still, cause I've never been on the uh, draft picks mean more or mean as much as they apparently do in the NFL world. But does it, does it baffle you covering the Titans for as long as you have knowing that like, like people like fans of the team are still like, yeah, go for the draft pick, go for the top 10 draft pick when drafts have not gone well for the Titans in the, at least in recent years. And I know the GM is out the door now, but it it's still like Titans fans should know more than most fan bases that it's such a crapshoot. Like how are people still wanting draft picks over potential, you know, at least a, a seat at the table? Well, I don't, I don't say this, um, you know, just to Titans fans, but I think of sports fans in general, it is, it's just something different. It's the whole backup quarterback situation, right? Malik Willis, yeah. give Malik starts more starts from Malik Willis, and Malik Willis looks horrendous out there because he can't play NFL quarterback yet, and so now you're looking around and trying to compensate or cope with whatever your initial position was on the thing that didn't pan out the way that you wanted it to. So yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but like. This season, I, I do give them a little benefit of the doubt just because, I mean, what's the biggest problem with the Titans right now? It's the roster. Like, the roster is uh, nightmare fuel. And, yes, it took a bunch of different things happening for that to be the case, but you can't turn around and, and tell them – or you can't tell them that their roster is among the worst in professional football right now because they've got 22 dudes who have been on practice squad at some point on the 53 – um, and then tell them, but don't, you know, don't think about draft picks. Don't think about draft picks, draft picks for draft picks, you know, whatever. So like, I get where they're coming from. Um, they could probably, you know, be a little less extreme, but then there wouldn't be them. And I wouldn't love them as much as I do. I've had to take, uh, over the least the last couple of weeks of the fact that it's boiled down, at least at the quarterback position for the Titans, that it's boiled down to either Josh Dobbs or Malik Willis is basically the Titans 
saying, how do we want to die by poison or getting shot in the face? <laughs> and I, I feel as though um, I, I do like that they have chosen poison. Mm. But uh, am I am I being too harsh in, in saying that? Am I is there a chance that Josh Dobbs can lead this team to a victory against a very hot and surging Jacksonville Jaguars team? Football's weird as shit. So, like, yes, they're they're playing in a game. It could happen. Um, I think that, you know, for all I, I went in there on Friday morning uh, to do the radio show and I was talking about a 14 point loss like they won a game. And like, I mean, you guys know me. Like, I'm not, you know, sunshine. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And rainbows. But instead of watching a not, you know, a not even college level ability of of them to move the ball, um, seeing Dobbs be able to get some stuff done, have bad turnovers behind an offensive line that we all know is insufficient, um, have some throws that. I'm sure he went back and, and got chewed out about because he's out there in his first NFL start and he's on Thursday night football and his parents are mean mugging in the stands oh. and he uh, he wants to show the whole world that Astro Dobbs is a real thing, even though for the last six years, the rest of the NFL has told him, no, it's not a real thing. You sit your ass right there. So they, they lost by 14 points um, at the end of the day. It's, it's a lot to ask. Um, Derek and Simmons and... Autry and, and how many more of these dudes, you know, how much that actually ends up helping. They have to play well. Imani Hooker has been back in the lineup, in and out of the lineup, occasionally coming off of his initial shoulder injury. And he hasn't played nearly as well as he was at the start of the season. You have no idea what he's dealing with, but it's just kind of the nature. Just because they're there doesn't mean that they're immediately going to make the football team better. But um, it's as good a chance as I got. And he's obviously Dobbs, um, a, a, a player who can – operate an NFL offense in ways that Malik's just not ready to do at this point in time. That doesn't mean the Titans are, you know, um, that doesn't mean the Titans hate Malik Willis or, or that Malik Willis is going to get cut at the end of the season, whatever. Um, but it does mean that Josh Dobbs gives them the best chance to win, even as, as tall a task as that might feel like. Starting, you know, the first game with, with this new team after, you know, only nine days to really learn the offense. I thought Dobbs was a couple plays away from having an exceptional you know, debut with the Titans. It's this Jacksonville team that Dobbs is going to be going up against. They've been pretty stout against the run this season, or at least better than they have in years past. That you know, Trayvon Walker, first overall draft pick. That that's that's helped them out tremendously this season. But I thought that Vrabel and Downing and really, you know, the Titans offensive coaching staff was preparing Dobbs for what he's going to have to do against Jacksonville which is involve his weapons. Traylon Burks, nine targets. Robert Woods, eight targets. I mean, we haven't seen that hardly all year, even with Tannehill behind center. Do you think that, that they were kind of, you know, giving him a little rough draft game plan for what he's going to have to do against Jacksonville last week? You know, it's it's an interesting thought. Um, and I think Derek not being in the line. I mean, they ran the football 24 times, but it was a, it was a season-high passing attempt game with a quarterback that they got off literally the street uh in Detroit a week ago um I think that when I talked to Dobbs after the game it felt more like a product of I just got to get the ball out like I don't know enough to know that I can't go back to Robert Woods even if Robert Woods starts the first half with some terrible drops 
Um, I don't know that that we don't have that lack of trust built up to the point where I'm not going to go back his way. I'm just going to lock on to Traylon the whole time, the way that I think Tannehill does have a tendency to do. Like Tannehill, Tannehill misses some shit um, out there as far as like where when you go back and watch him going through progressions. Now, I don't think I'm not saying that Dobbs is a better, you know, uh, is better at processing than Ryan Tannehill. I, that's that's not it at all. I just think that there is a looseness to coming in and just kind of playing um, against a team in the Cowboys that, you know, maybe had somewhat of an idea of what they were going to do. But obviously Dobbs was more prepared than I think a lot of people gave him credit for. Um, and again, I just, it, there felt, there felt like there was just a comfort level in kind of going out and, and letting loose a little bit. Now, obviously there was a pat, there was a passing game that they called, um, by nature of the six foot four, 260 pound running back, not being in there for them to hand the ball off on every first down. They threw the ball on first down the first offensive play of the game. They threw it for 10 yards or 11 yards to Chigakakwo and they didn't have to play second or third down. It's a novel concept. If you can stay out of third down the way that this team just God help them cannot do. And then, you know, Traylon Burks gets a hold and Dennis Daly starts on fourth, fourth down twice. Like it's uh, they can't win for losing in certain circumstances, but um, you know, th- there should be credit given to the coaching staff for being able to get him ready enough to play in that game. But I do think that, I think that he was, I think he was playing pretty, pretty loosely out there. And um, while you want him to clean some of that stuff up, I thought the way that he ran was smart. I thought that having mobility with the quarterback in that offense um, and kind of leaving it up to him as opposed to making sure that Malik stays in the pocket to pass the way that they have obviously emphasized that they want him to do. Um, it allowed it to look more like the tight what the Titans offense is supposed to look like, I think, ultimately. And, and that's why Dobbs is the guy this week. Which is more alarming to you, the six-game losing streak or the three-game streak of not being able to score more than 14 points? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm only uh, laughing to keep myself from crying. <laughs> I, hate I hate that. I really do. I, I, there, were, there was a time when I first started covering them with like Marcus where I would talk about like how they I, I just I hated watching them uh, for the longest time when they would play the Cleveland Brown, the winless Cleveland Browns that season to overtime um, in a game without touchdowns. And I just I can't. It's how can it be less professional football? than this and then and here we are um. <laughs> <laughs> and but like it now it's like they've got like elite well i don't want to say elite weapons but like with derrick henry like they've got like an elite weapon in their backfield they with when Tannehill was on the team like he was in, he was he ranks very high in epa and all of the metrics and in, in terms of quarterback so it's like indescribable how you can literally wrap a Lamborghini around a light post every single Sunday. <laughs> well, it's the penalty part of it is crazy. So I'd say, I'd say the six, because they're making the same mistakes. I think that's why the, the, the six straight losses, I mean, other than the obvious that you blew a four game lead in the division that you were seven and three when this shit started. And now it's just like, I mean, it's, it's a nightmare. Um, to look around, and it's the same Mike Vrabel press conference every day after every game with him. Well, Buck, you know they they they, do, they just have to work. Uh, they have to play harder and coach better. That's uh, that's what they got to do. Play, play yeah, better gotta, and and coach better. And work past four thirty. Apparently, after that, uh, <laughs> after 
after the damn uh what was not the not the cowboys loss who did they lose to where he started taking those kind of shots um either way at some point in the last six losses that they have had it is uh it's pretty concerning because the penalties are the thing that keep that i think nuke them penalties and turnovers right Derek's fumble thing is bizarre like and even he doesn't know what to do i don't blame him he's taking you know i was getting tweets about he's got the sleeves on tell him to take the <laughs> off and i was like like i mean it's just they're, they're sleeves and then sure enough he comes trotting off the side yeah right <laughs> and i'm like oh my god Derek's reading his mentions like what this is this is this is where we are right the kind of shit that bubbles to the surface when you can't do anything right and they're I mean, when they lost the Texans, boys, like I, I legitimately came away from that game being like, oh, they're the worst team in professional football right now mm-hmm. um, uh, by nature of that. So the penalties is the thing that concerns me because the penalties, I think, are their biggest killer because they're they're good enough to like be competitive. They were competitive against the Cowboys. They had no business being in that game um, and that, you know, turnovers, whatever. But I, I think that the penalties continuing to recur and the fact that, I mean, I, I have pity for Dennis Daly. Like, I feel bad for him that he goes out there and he plays that poorly every week. He knows it. They know it. Nobody can do anything about it. And even when they tried uh, the Raidens towards ACL. So, like, uh, what what more can you reasonably expect? What more can you say other than personally attacking the guy? And, you know, it's just not it's not the business we're in. Yeah, and Daly, you know, he, he, it's not like he wants to go out there and stink it up every Sunday. He's just he can't help himself. It's... I call him the Tennessee turnstile, but I, either way, I, I do, I do wonder, you, you know, it, it, not just daily, obviously daily won't be with this team next season, but I've got, I, we had Jim White on last week. Jim used to do the Titans six pack, six quick questions about the Titans or six points after a game. I'm going to take a little page out of his book, uh, his book. So Buck, we're going to do a little speed round. Okay. I got six Titans I want to ask you about. I want you mm-hmm. to tell me whether or not they're going to be with the team next season. All right, I'm going to get started here. Taylor Lewan. No. Ryan Tannehill. Yes. Ben Jones. No. David Long. Yes, and I think that's changed this season. That's fair. Bud Dupree? No. Robert Woods? I almost said a bad word. No. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of change with some of these big signings that Robinson made for, for the new GM that that takes over here, obviously he's, he's kind of, you know, he's already going to be on not thin ice, but you know, on his toes after seeing what Robinson accomplished here and then was showed the door Robinson, not only, you know, messed up in the draft, but some of these big free agent signings really came back to bite the Titans really kind of handicapped them against the salary cap. Do you do you think that whoever takes over, and maybe I'll ask you for a couple names after this, but do you think whoever takes over is hesitant on going on the free agent market, bringing in a veteran for big money? No. Um, and if and if that's and if that's something, if that's the person that you hire, then you hired the wrong person for the job. Like what? And then there are plenty of fair criticisms of of John's um, uh, of the way that things kind of petered out with John as far as the roster is concerned, but like Julio, I understood it. Clowney was one of his most popular moves when he did it. Um, like some of these Robert Woods, you understood it. Now, AJ was still on the team. AJ Brown was still on the team at the time. And I do think that makes a tremendous amount of difference for what the vision ultimately was. But you know, AJ is a big domino and a lot of things 
have come to pass uh, since then. I don't, I don't think you want somebody who's going to come into this job scared or, or doing it conservatively. You want somebody who's going to be calculated, not overly conservative based on the cap situation. Cause it is, it's, it's a pretty nasty cap situation. They're going to have to clear a lot of these names. Lawan, I mean, Lawan is, is probably the one that I, I think I'm most on the fence about just because of how bad the offensive line is. And if Taylor, you know, if whatever Taylor's working through right now with the recurrence of the ACL tear, if there is, um, if there's positive development in that and $14 million is really not that much for a player at that position who I think is still capable, um, you know, that's going to be a big decision to make. The Tannehill stuff is fascinating, and I don't think he's ever been more secure as far as being a member of this roster than he is right now. And I know the, I saw the Peter King clip. I'm sure you guys did too, where he's talking about, you know, Peter King would guess that they would try to replace Tannehill this offseason. Um, they, they continue to look for options. Like they have a, they have a pro scouting staff specifically for that reason, uh, no matter what the position is. And if they think that they can improve that way, then they're going to explore what those options might look like. But um, as far as like by percentage chance, I think that dude has the best chance of any of them to be back next year. And I think that's a, wow. a lot of fans aren't going to like that. Wow. If they do happen to move on from Tannehill, uh, obviously some notable free agents kind of coming on the books. Obviously we all know we've all heard about the Derek cars. Uh, Lamar Jackson is one who may, or I don't know. It, it doesn't really seem like he's going to get paid in Baltimore. So no, he could become Huff. They're not going to let Lamar Jackson go. Why haven't they paid him yet? Like, I mean, like I, if they haven't paid him yet, what's, what's gonna. Well, they not... now I, I need to remember the rules on this. Um, and this is something as we get close to the off season, I need to refresh, but I, I, feel like that isn't there a deadline for contracts uh as far as as far as the extensions are concerned I well I, I do I do know he made he made because you know he's representing himself and so I, I do know that he he did kind of make a deadline at least for himself to sign and he gave them yeah. the ultimatum and they declined politely and let him play out this season but and I mean, yeah, you're right. Like as as this what three game uh, skid where he has not been available, Tyler Huntley has kind of pretty much put more money in Lamar's pockets, whether it be with the Ravens or not. But if he does come available, do you see any other of those free agent quarterbacks as a possibility to land in Tennessee? Well, I mean, if Lamar is available, then yes, I think that every Lamar should be on the table for basically every franchise out there. Like especially an offense like this where you could prolong. Uh, Derrick Henry's career here because Jack didn't ask me about Derrick Henry, but I think those are the kind of conversations that are going to be had. It goes beyond Tannehill, even as, you know, I mean, Derrick's going to be 29 and all, all they've done this year is show how much better Derrick is um, than Hassan Haskins, for example, when Hassan Haskins has to run by, behind that line as opposed to what Derrick's been. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and, and you know, I'm not advocating for, for Derrick to, to stay or go either way. I just think like that's, that's also a name that should be in consideration for some of these future decisions because it's a lot of money. Um, and the next general manager is going to have to reevaluate, like, philosophically, what the, what the hell do they want to be? Because, like, <laughs> they can replace John and they can replace Todd Downing and Mike Vrabel will still want to run the ball and play defense. Like, it's not lost on me that the offense largely looks the same under LaFleur under Arthur Smith and under Todd Downing there there's obviously you know tendency differences and all these different things and, and little wrinkles here and there but like conceptually they're the same football team that they have been for the, the last 
five years. And that, that starts at the top. So how, how much Mike's going to be willing to budge on that and, you know, how much they're going to have to pander to how Mike wants to run his football team is, is going to be a big consideration for the next general manager. Let me add one more name to Jack's list of uh, lightning rounds. Todd Downing. <laughs> I mean, I personally think he's back. What? <laughs> Wait, oh, no, saying. stop, stop. Right, don't don't sarcasm. That was I legitimately, I legitimately had a dream the other night that the Titans <laughs> brought him back and I woke up in a cold sweat. I was like, because it's not out of the realm. It's not like, like here we are. We've known every fan's like, well, at the end of the season, this is a sure thing. He's going to be canned. And then here we are getting closer to the end of the season could very well be next week. And I'm scared out of my wits. end. they're going to be like, we're keeping him on on board and he's going to be our offensive coordinator in 2023. You know what? I didn't hear. A, I didn't even see a single tweet bitching about uh, the other night when Josh Dobbs went out there and threw for 200 yards. And it's true. That, I thought he called it's a great true. game. I it's those I, Thursday night games. He calls great games on Thursday nights. We should well, move all petition to move every game to Thursday nights. Don't give him the extra few days to think about what he's going to do on offense. Right, and, or a beverage on this light home. Listen, to me. all right. Zach Bingham brayed in my face laughing when I told him heading into 2021 that Shane Bowen was going to still be the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Laughing, okay? And what I know and that I think what most people know is that Mike Vrabel has a certain amount of respect for individuals who he believes are able able to basically communicate on the same level as him from a football standpoint. Todd Downing is respected by Mike Vrabel as a football mind. Now you can you can hear that and make the face that Austin is right now, which looks like somewhere, <laughs> somewhere I'm between, wincing. It's it's the same face I make when I go to the dentist. <laughs> well, I, I, you were somewhere between constipation and like a root. Um, <laughs> both at the same time and and you know and then play games that make me feel like that too i get it bud but um <laughs> it whether whether you want to look at it as a as a power struggle or or whatever the case may be amy adam strunk made a decision that the roster was not good enough and the coaching inherently gets the benefit of the doubt in that spot now i don't know that mike is going to come to the end of the season look through all their games or whatever his his standard for performance review is and come away and say, yeah, you know what? That wasn't good enough. We need to find a new offensive coordinator or turn the thing over to Tim Kelly the way that he tried to do a couple of years ago before the Texans blocked him from being interviewed. Whatever. Like, all of those things could happen. But I think I think that there is a – I mean, Todd has the job right now. He should be thought of as the favorite to be the Titans' offensive coordinator in 2023 by nature of what the coaching staff is telling you, which is the players aren't good enough and that 830 to 4 whatever is not good enough to be a professional athlete – if we all just work a little bit harder, whatever the hell, like, just be prepared is what I'm saying to you. Oh my gosh, oh my, my heart is my fantastic. heart. My heart is racing right now. <laughs> I got I'm get goosebumps. I'm hey I'm gonna and cold sweats. Uh, it's you know I get it. I totally get it. <sighs> Yeah. Oh my God. I just, I can't imagine a GM coming in and like you were saying, you know, maybe even parting ways with Derrick Henry and keeping Todd Downing. I think that a lot of Titans fans, I mean, I live close to 440. I think I would run serpentine down that highway if that was the case. But uh, Buck, well, I know you're pretty. <laughs> John Robinson's former draft picks doing serpentine motions down. 
Yeah, doing donuts on Charlotte, but it's it's almost the same thing. But uh, Buck, I know how plugged in you are with those guys, and I know there's still a season to finish over here. Um, that GM vacancy is going to be a big topic of discussion as, as soon as the Titans lose their next game. Have you heard anything about any particular candidates being rumored? Are there any buzz about you know a couple guys? Have you heard anything on that level? Yeah, actually, um, Ryan Cowden um, is very respected. Uh, that's the current interim general manager. For those of you who've not been following along, he's been here since John Robinson got here. And I would say to you before you go into you know this general manager search um, with any preconceived notions about a person who worked for the guy that just got fired. I do think that it matters who's pulling the trigger. And this is somebody who NFL teams have interviewed uh, and who speak highly of multiple times. So you have these two in-house candidates in Monty Ossenfort, who uh, is respected, and Ryan Cowden, who's been, you know, a number a, a number one to John Robinson uh, throughout all of this, who understands the circumstances that he's going to have to manage between the quarterback situation, Jeffrey Simmons' co- upcoming contract, Derrick Henry, as we mentioned, and all these other things that are going to have to be taken in consideration. And and uh, between him and, and Rick Smith, those are the two names, the former Texans general manager, those are the two names that get brought up to me the most. Um, now, Rick has been uh, Rick has been out of the job since I believe that Bill O'Brien coup a couple of years ago. But we know that Mike Vrabel likes familiarity, um, certainly to do with former members of the Houston Texans organization. Um, there are going to be other candidates that are interviewed and, and considered, but the two that I get brought up most to me are those two. Okay. Okay. You see, so you don't think Jack and I have a shot? Oh, um, so what would you, well, okay. What would you do with Malik Willis? Let, let this be your, let, let, let this be that you're in. Oh, I, all right. All right. All right. I'd send Jack. him down the Cumberland river. Jack, don't screw this up. Come on. Uh, <laughs> They, I, I'm not a believer. This is going on your reel. This is going on your tape. They're going to run this in the facility. We're doing this for real right now. I, I would, I would, I would uh, evaluate him, and uh, we, we would, we would scout. We would rewatch the tape from this season, mm. and um, I would, I would go into next season with him, uh, no greater than QB two, and uh, look for, look for a better option. But I, I, I think there's something there with him. Right, Jack? Yes, of course there is something there with him. <laughs> you two you two are talking about Malik Willis the way that scared Dolphins media talks about Tua when they're yeah, afraid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> like, you two sound like like Marcus Mariota stands that I remember. Like, this is – it's, it's a very odd phenomenon with Malik Willis because he does have – he does have these diehards that it's, and, and you know, he's, he's a lovely human being from the time yeah. that I've gotten spent around him and, and all these different things, but he's, you know, he's an objectively bad professional football player right now. And you, he wasn't good enough for, to be your QB two this year. Maybe it gets better, I, but I think you have to operate the assumption that you're going to need a better backup quarterback. Next at least year. a team chaplain role may fit. Oh, I think he'd be great at that. Honestly. Yeah. We'll find a, a role for him within the organization for sure. Um, it, you know, it, if, if anything, if, if anyone in the organization forgets their clothes at home one day, he could clearly be that guy to give you his clothes. If he's uh, not on the field. It's not like he's not going to be doing something with the team. You know, we're, we're going to put used to sure. Having, you yeah, know what? I yeah, think yeah. Uses. I think, I think we come full circle and we just make Malik Willis, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. I think that that, that would, you oh, know, well, keep everything. 
Well, then, then we'd be out Jack, of Jack. Jack, that uh, you shouldn't have th- you shouldn't have said you were going to throw him, send him down the Cumberland River. That's why or, we didn't get the job. Or or the offensive coordinator. Maybe Bully can call a better game than he can play one. I mean, look, you can't get much worse at offensive coordinating than what we've seen in 2022. Oh, he... in, big boy. They got one more game to go. <laughs> oh, we're screwed. They're going to put up three points like the Texans did against the Jaguars. All right, Buck Rising. Guys, you can uh, listen to the Buck Rising show every day from, correct me if I'm wrong, 10 to 2 every day on 104.5 The Zone. 10 to 1. That's right, because uh, Blaine and Mickey are on right after uh, 104.5 The Zone. You can check them on A to Z Sports Primetime uh, every weekday night, which I highly suggest you should do. And uh, Buck, dude, thank you for taking the time. And uh, if you, you know, next time you're in, next time you're at uh, Ascension St. Thomas Sports Park, whatever they're calling it these days, uh, just put in a good word for co-GMs, Jack Gentry, Austin Huff, you know, see what you can do, see what kind of strings you can pull. Well, uh, if you're relying on my clout, boys. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yep. you got better. You got better pool in that building than I think uh, other beat writers. I'll just say. <laughs> oh. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Our thanks to Buck. That dude talks more than. Um, I don't know. I was gonna. I was gonna say like Taylor Lewan or. Um, he talks a lot. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, who, who are Titans that used to uh be chippy, chirpy? Pac-Man Jones, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean his most of his conversations had to deal with an arresting officer. That's true. Right. Yeah. P- p- parole, maybe. Um I um yeah. Anyway, needs to say uh Buck talks a lot, so for him to take time out of his day to join us to talk even more, we do appreciate it. Um you know what? And I'm feeling generous. This week, when you rate, review, and subscribe, give the Tighten Up Podcast idiots, give us four and a half stars, and give Buck .5 stars. Yeah, that's a generous move. <laughs> just, just not to take away any stars is nice of you after having him on. Thanks, fans. I mean, yeah. he, he, had some, he had some great intel there. I, I mean, just talking about the future at GM. Talking about some of the guys, the Derrick Henry thing is crazy to me, and unfortunately, it's something I have to monitor. Even though I would, I would let, I would be okay with the Titans paying him, you know, twelve million dollars until he turns forty. I, just, I was going to say I if, I, if if like if the, it's like a hundred and forty million dollar cap or whatever, uh, like I don't even know. I just pull that. There is no price bottom. that's too high for me to have to watch Derrick Henry play in another uniform. If you wanted to pay Derrick Henry 139 of the 140 million dollar cap, I would like He's I would it. be okay with. It. I would I would be okay with it. You know, there's no one in this world I think uh deserves to be paid more than um than Derrick Henry. So, I I love off season or maybe a sad off season. It could be like a mixture of both, which I think it might be. But either way, Bucks going to have you covered on 1045 from 10 to 1 every mm-hmm. weekday. Um we're going to have you covered every Wednesday. So this Wednesday or next Wednesday, hopefully we'll have a win to talk about. Hopefully we'll be uh, talking Jack. about a playoff matchup, maybe a playoff matchup. Well, a second playoff matchup. Remember, That's true. That's this true. is the and playoff that, started that may, earlier this week. That may give the Titans an edge. You know, they've already played a playoff game heading into this. And look, the Titans play well in road playoff games. People forget that. They're five and three in their last road playoff games. They're four and one in their last five trips to Duval County. History plays in this team's favor. However, history has done very little to play in this team's favor this season. So, 
I don't know, Jack. This game feels like I feel like Jesse Spanos after taking too many caffeine pills. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> it's I, I, like I, I kind of feel like how I imagine Josh Dobbs feeling. Like I'm expecting the worst, but hoping for the best. You know, like by the time kickoff happens, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna convince myself that the Titans are gonna win the game. Because that's just how my mind is. I'm the same way, dude. I And you know what? I do this every year with Mizzou football. And Mizzou football breaks my heart more than most things. I, and, 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 oh, and and Vols fans, not too far removed to where, like, I think they can also uh, agree with me on this, on this, where it's like all offseason, you're not expecting much. Oh, they're not going to be that great. They're not going to be, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to. And then all of a sudden you get closer to kickoff and then you're like, well, maybe, maybe they'll win eight games. Well, I mean, if they could, if, if the other things are their way, maybe they win nine games, maybe they win 10 games. I don't know. And then like, all of a sudden you start talking to yourself and do like, there's a way they could sneak into the SEC championship. Look they've at this. Oh, they've got to replace they've the done quarterback. It. They've got to replace they've, the quarterback. They've done it a couple of times before. Like that. Look, I'm just saying this, this team, if they get hot, you know, they're, and they always play their best when everyone counts them out. That's like a microcosm of what it's been like this week for me, where I went into the week and my wife was like, I was like, I told my wife, Titans play Saturday night. She goes, oh, gosh, I hope they win. And I go, why? Because, you know, I'm going to be miserable if they don't. And she goes, yes, that's the only reason. And she, and she was like, and and I was like, no, I was like, no, I'm, I've am i kind of pretty much told myself that they're going to lose this this final week of the season and they're going to miss the playoffs. And and she goes, yeah, but what will you be like right before kickoff? And I was like, okay, touche, touche. Yeah. That is Nobody that is I, I that is how it happens. I and and that is, I'm like I'm getting now here after doing this podcast with you, you you stupid idiot. And now I've like somehow talked myself into Josh Dobbs getting us to the AFC Championship and me shaving my eyebrows. I could see like, it. That I, is, I could see it happening. I mean, like, look. <laughs> That's all it takes. And now I'm pissed off because now I'm like, damn, this team could make a run to the AFC title game. Uh, their defense plays great. They always play up to their opponents. If their offense could just squeeze out a couple of touchdowns and with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, you know, it's a glass ceiling, dude. So in the underdog role, all I'm saying is watch out. Don't let hey, don't let the Titans get hot, dude. And oh. hey, Jack, remember last week, end of the show last week. What did I do? I drew a two of uh, diamonds. Yeah, I forgot about the card game. You forgot about the card game, dude. Uh, so this team is very much alive. Very much alive. And uh, hopefully, unlike Missouri, the Titans won't leave Florida as runner-ups. Uh, but Gasparilla Bowl, that, that's You fun. son of a bitch. You <laughs> son of a bitch. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's not like Ole Miss did much better in their bowl oh, game. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, uh, it's so bad. But Vandy played well in theirs. What? Okay. They didn't lose. There we go. They didn't they lose. Did. That is true. That is true. Um, also... Everyone is like, you know, oh, Sugar Bowl, college football playoff, two of the greatest bowl games this season. Clearly, people didn't watch the Gasparilla Bowl. Uh, very, very tough game. Sam Hartman, I say maybe you gotta love the QB of the future for the Titans. Man, you gotta freaking love those pre-Christmas bowl games. <laughs> hey, if, if there's football going on during a weekday, a work day, uh, it's oh gonna be gosh. on, whether it's background or background noise or not. But all right, let's get out of here before we start talking about any more Mizzou football. My yeah, gosh, unless to... unless we're talking about uh, Tucker McCann. In that case, we could talk Mizzou for or Doriel Green Beckham. In that case, we could talk Titans 
or Mizzou football all day. All right. Uh, prediction time. Oh, geez. Do we got to do this? We're doing prediction time. You go first. Okay. 24-21. Randy Bullock from 37 to win. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I can't go, I can't pick against the Titans. You and I picked them to go 17 and 0 this season. So and now you know, pick against them. We've no, I it, it, in my preseason predictions, I predicted them to beat the Jaguars in week 18. So I gotta stick with it. Um, I'm gonna say Titans. Tw- oh gosh, 20 to 18. 20 to 18. Because you can't get past that 24 number. That's oh, no, they're not scoring more. Yeah, if, you, if anyone's like, yeah, they're going to score three touchdowns. No, it's not even close. It'll be like, and it'll be like 20 by like, by like, uh, they'll score 20 by by kicking like, what, five field goals? And somehow they'll get, no, no, six, six field goals six, and a safety. Six field goals and a safety. That's how. <laughs> that would be so will. cool. That would be so Gosh. cool. No, I that's, will. that's. That that no that's that's sick. <laughs> no way they get six field goals and a safety because it'll be it'll be a pick six. It'll be a pick six, miss the extra point. Six uh, or no yeah uh, uh gosh, you're still not going to be able to get to twenty there. Hang on, hang on. Pick six. That's six, and then and then they get twelve points by field goal. So what is that? That's four field goals, and so that's eighteen. Oh no no. Five. There we go. Five field goals. You so you should just say three touchdowns, and the Titans try and extend it to a to a four point game by going for two, and they don't get it. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Whatever. You, whatever Jack just. All right, said, I just made your prediction and my prediction. All you right. Made well, both the, of our predictions. Winning in both, so. So if I'm wrong, if my prediction's wrong, it's because uh, that means that Jack's wrong twice. Okay. So, uh he is Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. Give him a follow. I highly recommend it. Seriously. And I, I can't say it enough. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Follow A to Z Sports on all things social media, as you should, especially when it comes down to Saturday evening. Prime time in Duval County in a stadium possessed by rats and uh, plankton and other barnacles growing on the side of their pool. It is uh, it is a disgusting cesspool of a building, but it's also Florida. So for them, it's pretty nice. I um, the <laughs> the Titans look, this could this this could be the last playoff game of the season, but I'm hoping it's not. So, uh, Jack, with uh, with all of that, oh, follow Titan Up Pod on Twitter, Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate all of you that do. We still need a thousand uh, by draft night on Twitter. So follow us there. Jack, you got anything for the road? I'm just so ready for Saturday night. I'm so ready. Uh, in Dobbs, I trust. I believe in us. I think they're going to get the job done on the road. Oh, my God. And I think that we're going to get a playoff matchup against the team that is reeling, and I'm going to convince myself that they're going to win that. And then Jack. somebody's going to get upset in the in the divisional round on the other side. And the Titans are going to have a winnable matchup there. And – I think our, our eyebrows are gone in three weeks' time. You hear that? You hear that? That's the uh, that's the razor. That's the razor coming you're, out. You're, oh, you're doing electric razor. I was just gonna just gonna wipe what? Them you're, oh, like with Nair? No, not with Nair. Oh my god! What, no. what do you mean? Wipe them clean? Straight razor. Oh, with 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 shaving cream? 
Yeah. No, I'd go electric razor. I'd go electric razor for sure. Okay. Well, maybe we can, I'll, maybe I'll do one eyebrow one way and the other the other way. And then I'll have a review for anybody who's interested in shaving their eyebrows for the future. There you go. YouTube tutorials right here. Exactly. That's what, that's what the tighten up podcast is all the content about. doesn't stop on the top. We try and help you out. So give us a follow on Twitter uh, at tighten up pod and on Instagram at tighten up podcast. We appreciate you guys. Four and a half stars to us. 0.5 stars to that guest that we had earlier. Buck. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Let's go. And we, I want, I want everyone listening right now to say it with us this week. Okay. Because we need all of us. We need all of us to believe, come on, we're all in this together. Everyone gonna go when the show, when you see it, we're all in this together. Come on. All right. And what happened to Ashley Tisdale though? I know. Right. I haven't heard from her in a long time. Probably murdered by Ted Bundy. Yeah, I mean that's probably that's probably what Zac, happened. I haven't I haven't really looked into it. Zach Efron played Ted Bundy in a movie. You probably didn't get that reference. Uh I'm not interested okay. in the serial killer thing. Although I did watch Dahmer and it's severely ruined me. I now lock. Okay, my so you, so you are kind of interested in the serial killer <laughs> thing. Okay. Anyway, all right. Everyone say this with us. Whether you're listening in your car by yourself with your wife in the in the room, whatever, it doesn't matter. Say it with us, okay? With all of that said, until next week, tighten up! They used to be the Oilers a long, long time ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting six and no since they moved to Tennessee to call it home. They had a music city to conquer Buffalo Then they came within a yard Of winning in the Super Bowl They've had the same head coach Leading all the way That's one of many reasons That I'm loving how they play They're the Tennessee Titans They're the Tennessee Titans They'll keep on fighting all the way Tennessee Titans, Tennessee Titans all the way.